Chapter Number Eleven of the Book of Elves and Fairies for Storytelling and Reading Aloud. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Book of Elves and Fairies for Storytelling and Reading Aloud by Francis Jenkins Olcott Legend of Bottle Hill from Ireland It was in the good days when the little people were more frequently seen than they are in these unbelieving times that a farmer named Mick Purcell rented a few acres of barren ground not far from the city of Cork. Mick had a wife and seven children. They did all they could to get on which was very little, for the poor man had no children grown big enough to help him in his work, and all the poor woman could do was to mind the children, milk the cow, boil the potatoes, and carry the eggs to market. So besides the difficulty of getting enough to eat, it was hard on them to pay the rent. Well, they did manage to get along for a good while, but at last came a bad year and the little field of oats was spoiled, and the chickens died of the pip, and the pig got the measles, and poor Mick found that he hadn't enough to pay half his rent. Why then, Molly, said he, what will we do? Wisha then, Malverine, what would you do but take the cow to the fair of Cork and sell her, said she, and Monday is fair day, so you must go to-morrow. And what'll we do when she is gone? said Mick. Never a know I know, Mick, but sure God won't leave us without help, and you know how good he was to us when little Billy was sick, and we had nothing at all for him to take. That good doctor gentleman came riding past and asked for a drink of milk, and he gave us two shillings, and sent me things and a bottle for the child, and he came to see Billy and never left off his goodness until he was well. Oh, you are always hopeful, Molly, and I believe you are right, after all, Mick said, so I won't be sorry for selling the cow. I'll go to-morrow, and you must put a needle and thread through my coat, for you know it's ripped under the arm." Molly told him he should have everything right, and about twelve o'clock the next day he left her, after having promised not to sell his cow except for the highest penny. He drove the beast slowly through a little stream that crossed the road under the walls of an old fort, and as he passed he glanced his eyes on a pile of stones and an old elder tree that stood up sharply against the sky. Oh, then, if I only had half the fairy money that is buried in yon fort, tisn't driving this cow I'd be now, said he aloud. Then he moved on after his beast. Twas a fine day, and the sun shone brightly, and after he had gone six miles, he came to that hill. Bottle Hill it is called now but that was not the name of it then. "'Good morrow, Mick,' said a little voice, and with that a little man started up 
out of the hill good morrow kindly said mick and he looked at the stranger who was like a dwarf with a bit of an old wrinkled face for all the world like a dried cauliflower only he had a sharp red nose red eyes and white hair his eyes were never quiet but he looked at everything and it made mick's blood run cold just to see him roll so rapidly from side to side in truth mick did not like the man's company at all and he drove his cow somewhat faster but the little man kept up with him out of the corner of his eye mick could see that he moved over the road without lifting one foot after the other and the poor fellow's heart trembled within him where are you going with that cow honest man said the little man at last to the fair of cork then said mick trembling even more at the shrill and piercing voice are you going to sell her asked the little man why then what else am i going for but to sell her will you sell her to me mick startled he was afraid to have anything to do with the little man but he was more afraid to say no i'll tell you what i'll give you this bottle said the little man pulling a bottle from under his coat mick looked at him and the bottle and in spite of his terror he could not help bursting into a fit of laughter laugh if you will said the little man but i tell you that this bottle is better for you than all the money you will get for the cow at cork ay than ten thousand times as much mick laughed again why then said he do you think i am such a fool as to give my good cow for a bottle and an empty one too indeed then i won't you'd better give me the cow and take the bottle you'd not be sorry for it said the little man why then what would molly say i'd never hear the last of it and how should i pay the rent and what should we do without a penny of money when you go home never mind if your wife is angry answered the little man but quiet yourself and make her sweep the room and set the table in the middle of the floor and spread the best cover on it then put the bottle on the ground saying these words bottle do your duty and you will see the end of it and is that all said mick no more said the stranger forcing the bottle into mick's hand then he moved swiftly off after the cow while mick rather sick at heart retraced his steps toward his cabin and as he went he could not help turning his head to look after the little man but he had vanished completely he can't belong to this earth exclaimed mick in horror to himself but where is the cow she too was gone and mick hurried homeward muttering prayers and holding fast the bottle he soon reached his cabin and surprised his wife sitting over the turf fire in the big chimney oh mick are you come back said she sure you weren't at cork all the way what has happened to you where is the cow did you sell her how much money did you get for her 
what news have you tell us everything why then molly if you'll give me time i'll tell you all about it oh then you sold her where's the money ah stop a while molly i'll tell you all about it but what is that bottle under your waistcoat said molly seeing its neck sticking out why then be easy about it said mick till i tell you and putting the bottle on the table he added that's all i got for the cow his poor wife was thunderstruck she sat crying while mick told her his story with many a crossing and blessing between him and harm she could not help believing him for she had great faith in fairies so she got up and without saying a word began to sweep the earthen floor with a bunch of heather then she tidied everything and put the long table in the middle of the room and spread over it a clean cloth and then mick placing the bottle on the ground said bottle do your duty look look there mommy cried his eldest son look there look there and he sprang to his mother's side as two tiny fellows rose like light from the bottle and in an instant they covered the table with dishes and plates of gold and silver full of the finest victuals that ever were seen and when all was done the two tiny fellows went into the bottle again mick and his wife looked at everything with astonishment they had never seen such dishes and plates before and the very sight of them almost took their appetites away but at length molly said come and sit down mick and try to eat a bit sure you ought to be hungry after such a good day's work so they all sat down at the table after they had eaten as much as they wished molly said i wonder will those two good little gentlemen carry away these fine things they waited but no one came so molly put the dishes and plates carefully aside the next day mick went to cork and sold some of them and bought a horse and cart weeks passed by and the neighbors saw that mick was making money and though he and his wife did all they could to keep the bottle a secret their landlord soon found out about it then he took the bottle by force away from mick and carried it carefully home as for mick and his wife they had so much money left that the loss of the bottle did not worry them much at first but they kept on spending their wealth as if there was no end to it and to make a long story short they became poorer and poorer until they had to sell their last cow so one morning early mick once more drove his cow to the fair of cork it was hardly daybreak when he left home and he walked on until he reached the big hill and just as he got to its top and cast his eyes before and around him up started the little man out of the hill well mick purcell said he i told you you would be a rich man indeed then so i was that is no lie for you sir replied mick but it is not rich i am now 
and if you happen to have another bottle, here is the cow for it. And here is the bottle, said the little man, smiling. You know what to do with it. And with that, both the cow and the stranger disappeared as they had done before. Mick hurried away, anxious to get home with the bottle. He arrived with it safely enough, and called out to Molly to put the room to rights, and to lay a clean cloth on the table, which she did. Mick set the bottle on the ground, and cried out, Bottle, do your duty. In a twinkling, two great stout men with huge clubs issued from the bottle, and belabored poor Mick and his family until they lay groaning on the floor. Then the two men went into the bottle again. Mick, as soon as he came to himself, got up and looked around him. He thought and he thought. He lifted up his wife and children, then leaving them to recover as best as they could, he put the bottle under his arm and went to visit his landlord. The landlord was having a great feast, and when he saw that Mick had another bottle, he invited him heartily to come in. "'Show us your bottle, Mick,' said he. So Mick set it on the floor and spoke the proper words, and in a moment the landlord tumbled to the floor, and all his guests were running and roaring and sprawling and kicking and shrieking, while the two great stout men belabored them well. "'Stop those two scoundrels, Mick Purcell,' shouted the landlord, "'or I'll hang you.' "'They shall never stop,' said Mick, "'till I get my own bottle that I see on the top yon shelf. "'Give it to him! Give it to him before we are killed!' cried the landlord. Mick put his old bottle in his bosom. Then the two great stout men jumped into the new one and Mick carried both bottles safely home. And to make my story short, from that time on, Mick prospered. He got richer than ever, and his son married the landlord's daughter, and both Mick and his wife lived to a great old age. They died on the same day, and at their wake the servants broke both bottles. But the hill has the name upon it, for so it will always be Bottle Hill. To the end of the world, for this is a strange story. End of chapter 11. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.